Smoking the ganj. Fatty boomalatty. Turtle. Hot schnookum. Goat cheese omelet. What? The devil's lettuce. Oh. Those are names for it. Snoop's bunion. Goat cheese omelet? Goat cheese omelet. I never heard. Or turtle? Turtle. What? (laughs) Why? Snoop's bunion. Come on. Snoop's bunion. That's a good one. I had never heard of these other ones. Yeah, I'm trying to think of stuff to uh, talk about. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the, what is it, 26th? I think we're on 26th. Why don't yeah. I ever remember? Welcome to the 26th episode of Beer and Fjar. My name is Paige. My name is Zach. We're just doing so many of these, it's just hard to keep track of them all. Yeah. Zach just gave me chocolate, and I'm very happy about it. <clears throat> and I'm doing laundry. We have the sounds of... Sounds of the washing machine. It's dulcet. Dulcet Behind sounds. Behind us. It's a... Just everybody be quiet. Shh. That's nice. It's pretty good. It's nice. It's very... It sets the ambience. What's this episode about, Paige? This episode is on Bacanico. I'd never heard of this before. Um, I took two years of Japanese. Bacanico. Ba- uh, I think it's Bacanico. Bacanico. If you're going to say... Neko wafer. Like Neko wafers. I took two years of Japanese, and I'd never heard of this before. I mean, I, Neko is uh, cat. Yes. Um, but I'd never heard of this uh, being Essentially a scary thing. Essentially, demon cat. Demon cats is uh, episode 26, Baka Neko. Japanese demon cats, specifically. <clears throat> uh, so I was very perplexed when she picked this. You're but, perplexed uh, every time I suggest anything. Yeah, you, su- you suggest some weird stuff, but I'm, I'm into it. I dig it. It just You catch me off guard a little bit. So That's the whole point. It's about learning new things and keeping you confused because it keeps me amused. Nice. Um, let me let me ask you uh, about your week. You're gonna ask me? Yeah. I'm looking at uh, Google Maps. Google uh, Maps because it tracks what I do uh, uh, um, and where I go and so the places I visit. Need a reminder? Because I can't remember on my own. Mm. Well, oh, last week we talked about. Um, because the fifth is when we recorded last episode, right? Is there? Yeah, we talked about the brewery, uh, that that's, whole that's what adventure. Um, <laughs> nothing crazy since then. I got breakfast at Buttermilk in Geneva. Yeah, it was uh, it was nice. I like their food. Uh, delicious. Their food is good. They have great <clears throat> pancakes. They do. Really, everything you always they get have, waffles. Everything they have is good. And their milkachino or yeah, milkachino is really good. Um, we need to go back there. We need to go back to a breakfast place together. Yeah, it oh. uh, it it sucks not being able to. I mean, it's nice that these. We talked about this before. It's nice that these places are still open. Uh, people are still able to go out and go get breakfast or lunch or whatever. Um, but obviously, people aren't going out as much, uh, especially bars and clubs. I feel and things for like small that. businesses, man. Yeah, and I, I kind of miss that taking stuff. such a hit. Yeah, I miss, I miss going out. I'm glad people are still doing it. I'm glad people are supporting small businesses. That's like what matters? That. Yeah, and then you're gonna get your next shot. 
Yep. Uh, COVID shot number two. This is the one where he'll finally grow a second head. Is uh, in another week. So I've, in one week, I'm going to have my second shot. Good times. I'm ready for the uh, unbelievable arm pain again. Yeah, that doesn't sound very enjoyable. I uh, don't have anything else to talk about because mm. my life's boring. What about you? Uh, nothing new. Nothing to report, at least. Um, we went over my creepy boss that I quit. Still uh, out of a job? Yeah. Mm. Enjoying that unemployed life? No. No? I'm making any money. No. Oh, uh, I don't have anything new. Uh, nothing really happened. Nothing crazy. I can't think of anything, at least. Yeah, sometimes it's just like that. Eh, it's one of those weeks. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Another, uh... Cold February Chicago. God, winter. I cannot wait until it is April. Get me the warmer. fuck out of this weather. Anyways, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, as my laptop powers on, it'll it'll take about twenty minutes for me to be able to pull this word document up. So, well, I mean, let me go over the beer in the segment. brewery. Okay, this beer is called Hell Kitty Kitty. Hell Kitty Kitty. Hell Kitty Kitty. And it is from Weiner Beer Co. Weiner? Yep, Weiner. Like uh, W-I-N-E-R? W-H-I-N-E-R. Oh, oh like oh, someone who wines. Weiner Beer. Yeah. Okay. And their picture is It Us. Hey, It Us. It Us. Go on their website. It's very cute. They have animated GIFs for all of their backgrounds. I'm going to show you the one for the beer we're drinking now. They have a lot of cat-themed beers. They have one that's literally called Meow, and it's spelled M-I-A-O-U. They are... Uh, or will they focus on barrel-aged beer, a tradition common in Belgium and France that is gaining foothold in the U.S. industry. Veterans and partners Brian Taylor and Rhea Neri aim to make beers for people with a wonder-lost palate. A curiosity for the strange and unknown and those who take their beer seriously but never themselves. Housed in the plant, a net-zero energy business incubator located in Chicago's back-of-the-yards neighborhood... Weiner aims to promote environmentally responsible brewing. The brewery will, pay a, will play a major role in the operations of the plant's uh, anaerobic digester once up and running. Weiner's spent grain will help fuel the digester, producing energy for the entire building. Interesting. Uh, Brian Taylor, the co-founder and brewmaster, uh, has more than 15 years of experience in the brewing industry and a brewing science degree from the Seibel, Siebel Institute and World Brewing Academy in Munich, Germany. Wow. He has worked for Flying Dog Brewery in Denver, Colorado, and Boulevard Brewing Company in Kansas City. Uh, most recently, Taylor worked at Goose Island Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois, where Wait. he played a key role in launching a wine barrel aging program that ultimately led to the development of multiple award-winning beers. This guy knows what he's doing. Uh, we had Flying Dog, right? The same Flying Dog? Mm-hmm. Man, we this had guy Tropical Bitch from Flying Dog. MVP. Uh, Rhea Neri, she is another, obviously the other co-founder, and um, I don't know what that is. Bretano Muse Mouse. It's spelled mouse. B r e t t a n o. I don't know. Not sure. Uh, it just says Taylor's partner Rhea Neri is a certified cicerone and craft beer enthusiast who also studied at the Sable Institute of Technology in Chicago, and completed the Masters of Beers Styles program and the Sensory Analysis courses. Neri has developed beer programs for acclaimed bars and restaurants in Chicago. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. Got some experts in the field. 
they do seem Working like they know brewery. what they're doing. Hell Kitty Kitty. You are going to see the can art, and then I will show you the animated page mm-hmm. uh, for it, just because it is very cute. Okay. Uh, but it is a Beljo American Pale Ale. A Beljo. Beljo. Belgo Beljo. Pale Ale. The hops are Zithos, Sterling, uh, Hallertau, and Pearl. Or it's actually Hallertau Pearl. Mm. Uh, the ABV is 7%. The tasting notes are passion fruit and citrus aromatics, big time juicy fruits with a nice hoppy bite. And it is available year round. A lot of these uh, fruity, hoppy IPAs floating around. Quite common, yes. Uh, I wanted to go over the hops. Uh, Zithos uh, has notes of tangerine, grapefruit, pine, and even pineapple. Never heard of that one. It's high alpha acid content means it can be useful for bittering, but is largely intended to shine as an aroma hop. There was another hop that I, I'm remembering. Your description kind of reminded me. Well, we've had sterling hops before. Or, oh, no, what you just said, your sentence, it has a high alpha content. So oh, it, alpha acid content? Yeah, so it's like used for bittering. I think there was, a, I don't know if it was the same hop or if it was a different hop, but it had a very similar description from one of our previous beers. I can't remember. I can hardly keep track of the beers that we drink. I can't even, don't even ask me about keep track of the hops. Okay, so it does have a beer advocate score. <laughs> okay, well, one hop and then... We're moving on. I couldn't find the rest of what I wanted. We've <laughs> okay. done Sterling, but I couldn't find a description on Hollertau. Uh, we had uh, Hollertau for Did one of our uh, last... It wasn't the last one, maybe the one before it. I can't remember. Hmm. Yeah, I, had, well, then, I, I don't Hollertau know. I feel hops. like we've had Zithos and Sterling. I don't remember Hollertau. Yeah, I, I specifically... Here, now i got to find it. Hang on. Okay. Uh, the last beer, Lock Effect, had Hollertau Blanc hops. Oh, okay. This is Hollertau Pearl. 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 Uh, yeah, anyways, Hell Kitty Kitty. Uh, it is ranked 142 in the Pale Ale Belgian style. Overall, it is ranked 27,036. Mm. It has a score of 84, which is good. Good. Yes, good. My review comes from Beginner 2. They're from Illinois. They gave the look a 3.75, a smell the same, taste the same, feel the same, and overall a 4.25. Okay. The uh, <laughs> the review is very mixed, but I liked it because being the curmudgeon, 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 <laughs> I like it because he used curmudgeon <laughs> <laughs> that I am. I suppose this is what BPAs are becoming. Uh-huh. Particularly if a Belgian specialist white liner wants to grow in this hophead market we call North America. But being a traditionalist also, I put this in the Sizen category. It okay. is a spirited ale. Its main contribution is that it is okay to make a Sizen and have it be called a BPA. Judging Hell Kitty Kitty on its merits, it looks slightly above average. Its smell of grapefruit puts me off a little bit. Mm. But otherwise, it's okay. Its initial taste is fine, but grapefruit takes over the mid-palate while it finishes too dry for many foods. <laughs> you were just talking about how you, you're not a fan of grapefruit. I surmise Kitty sits okay in the mouth and is overall refreshing. Have it again, maybe. I share this observation for those who want to how who want to know how objective my rating is. Mm-hmm. He just goes into how he's rated other ones, but he uh, updated it and he's had it two more times. No, uh, he said in 2018 the grapefruit rind does not go well with food. 
this goes better with food than I thought the first time, though. Lessons, second chances are worth it half the time. Then he reviewed it again in 2020 and said, had again and surprised myself pleasantly and enjoyed Kitty even more. Versatile almost with food, but after editing the above review, I decided all are served best if now keep if I now keep count over at untapped. I will have Kitty again. So he likes it now. Alright. So it's not bad. Yeah, sometimes it takes a few tries. Maybe that's how I'll feel about zombie dust. Or um the one that tasted like salty grossness. Sequench. Yeah, ew. Uh, I liked sequench. I we, we gotta do another sour beer. Um Narcosa. But we we should definitely have uh, zombie dust. Maybe like <laughs> since they may be on our hundredth episode, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it back to fifty. Let's see if we can get to. We're 50. gonna get to a hundred. Yeah. Don't even joke. Okay, our hundredth episode. We're we're gonna have zombie dust again and uh, see if your opinions changed after <clears throat> becoming the beer expert that you are now are after from all listening these, to us. All these episodes. Yep. Or for me, specifically. Shall Good I get luck. the beer? Yes, please, sir. Okay. Don't look at the can until you get here. Okay, okay, now you can look. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> they're in a tank. Yeah, it's how kitty kitty. They're running over a goose. <laughs> now I can show you. <laughs> this is amazing. What is, uh, what's their website? Uh, Wine or beer. Um, dot com. Dot com. Winerbeer dot com. I looked up their address. Why didn't I read it off? Where did it go? <laughs> I think it literally just says Chicago. There's uh, there's a white. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just Chicago, Illinois. Okay, we'll have a um, we'll have a picture of this on our Instagram, by the way, uh, beer and fear cast. Um, but I'll describe it real quick. There's a white cat with a mohawk, and a black cat with underwear on its head. Piloting a tank uh, that's running over a goose and an that armadillo. Could be a helmet. Uh, it looks like it looks like underwear. <laughs> running over a goose and an armadillo, and uh, firing the words "Hell Kitty Kitty." And then Kitty. there's a cat that looks like he's wearing like a, a super sweet anime helmet. Yeah, like a samurai yeah, helmet yeah, almost. Yeah. And then he's got like a oh, that's like ammunition. He's got like an ammo strap on his shoulder. Yeah, he's a bad bitch. <laughs> this is cool. I wonder if it says the suggestion of what you should drink it with. I appreciate the the humor. It's cute, right? Doesn't look like it does. Uh, governmental warning: According to the Surgeon General, women should not. <laughs> Don't take my joke. <laughs> All right, give me give me a sniff. Grapefruit. Ooh, I don't like actual grapefruit, like grapefruit juice. I have a problem with. You know what? It's the smell is fruity, but not as as uh, forward as some other fruit beers that we've had. Look at that. <laughs> Your glass is all foam. It is literally all foam. That is dark. That is darker than I thought it would be. That's also a very... Um, They're very thick foam. It is a thick foam, but like not... I'm not talking about like the height of the foam. I'm talking about like, look at the foam on top. And I know. It's just... It looks very stuck together. I don't know what the... Like frothy, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. The color is not what I was expecting at all. It is a little bit deeper, yeah. Yeah, but smell the fruit isn't uh, as uh, in your face as some no, other. No, no, no. You can definitely we've had. smell the hops. Uh, I, I can't, again, I can't remember any of them. We've had a lot of fruit beers, <laughs> but um, I'm just waiting to get rid of all this foam. 
This smells pleasant, though. I love this. It is very nice. I would wear this as a cologne. You would? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it passes the smell test. Yeah, there you go. Well, we're going to need to wait for this uh, foam to settle down here. Yeah, I have a lot. Oh, my God. If you have foam for more than four hours, consult your doctor. Bring that joke back. You know, we've got so many great T-shirt ideas. We really do. Uh, but zero funding to make yeah, any of it happen. That's true. Oh, um, I could tell you while we wait, uh, <laughs> Scott. Look how thick that foam is. It's Yeah, it's pretty tall. Um, no, not on my finger. Look. I mean, you just... <laughs> You just 180'd your can in your glass, though, so. Um, what? Hey, don't you get get a premature taste there from your foam finger. Ew. Scott sent us an email. Yeah, okay. To beerandfearcast at gmail.com. Aw, thanks, Scott, because we're lonely. <laughs> well, I'm not going to read the whole email uh, Why? here. Why is because, it inappropriate? No, because it's a review of a one of our bonus episode beers that we haven't talked about or released at the episode. Oh, he got back about it. Nice. So he sent us a review. His first line is, okay, so my review, y'all dying for emails. So fuck it. Here's an email. We are dying for emails, (laughs) Scott. So you're right. Uh, cause, um, (laughs) it's probably, uh, his pity for us. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's depressing. (laughs) That's depressing to hear. But he sent us an email. He reviewed, reviewed one of our bonus beers. Uh, we haven't released the episode, but, um, Keep an out. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, we we should release it soon, hopefully. He also enjoyed um, that bonus beer in the shower. He was like, "I can't wait to go home and have a uh, nice shower beer." And then I told him, "I don't know if that beer is uh, uh, like complimentary with showers. Like some yeah, beers are not at all. Um, but that one was a little <clears throat> a little obscure." Yeah, that is definitely not a shower beer. And I'm going to imagine that in his review, he said it was a bad idea to drink it in the shower. Uh, well, we'll have to wait and find out. I'm excited. Okay. Clink it. Drink it. Oh, wait. Clink it. Drink it. Sink it. <laughs> the foam is so fluffy. There's a whole lot going on in that. Hmm. This is a strange one. How do you feel about it? I. It's pleasant so far, but it's... I find it to be very smooth. Uh, even though it says that there's a bite of hops, I really don't notice a huge bite of hops. Like, it's just a pleasant, like, sensation, kind of like along my tongue, where it's just like, ooh, that's like, that's like a different flavor profile, where it's just kind of like, oh, that's enjoyable. This is, uh, what was that other beer that we had, where I said, this is unlike anything I've tasted before. Um, this is unlike anything I've tasted before. It's just so smooth and, like, um, light. I'm having a really hard time describing it. Um, I mean, I, we've had Belgian, I think we've had Belgian pale ales before. We've had fruity IPAs and uh, hazy IPAs before. I guess I think I guess they're all kind of similar. I forgot what sizes are. I'll have to look it up. Um, but the the just the yeah the the flavor profile, the complexity of this is uh, a completely new taste to me. With how strong, or how decently noticeable at least, I guess not strong, the smell of grapefruit is, it is not one of the most noticeable flavors. Like, it's just very evenly balanced with the hops. I get a bite up front. Mm-hmm, same. Um, I, we've had stronger hops, though. And then it quickly mellows out, mm-hmm. and then you're left with a fruit. Yes. It's an overall coating of fruit in your mouth. 
and it it does linger for a long time uh but it's pleasant mm-hmm. it's uh and it's, it's a mix of uh, different few different kinds of fruits i can only taste grapefruit maybe orange um tangerine is what i got yeah cuz <clears throat> that hops has tangerine in it i think we uh yeah we talked about that last time well um, there's another episode um god not loch ness the one before loch ness mm-hmm where it was like orange or tangerine or mm-hmm. maybe a mix of both. Or like, yeah, I'm thinking of a tangerine tornado. Party you know? Gator. Tangerine was... Uh... Party Gator was much sweeter. Yeah. I don't know. The thing is, like, I can drink this pretty easily. Like, and I, it comes in a six pack. So, like, I have no problem drinking the rest of these. Um, but, like, just to get a flavor profile, I've drinking, I've had, like, half my glass. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm doing. It's like, I, I can't really... I don't know. Maybe to me, there's some like flowery notes in there too. Not like, you know, the flower that you bake with, but like flowers that grow from the ground. <laughs> yes. um, it's it's unique. I uh, find it pleasant. I like it. And like you said, it is very smooth, mm-hmm. uh, easy to drink. Uh, I might have a second one uh, just because of how much I enjoy this. Um, but it's it's so different. It's so far from... Any other beers that I think I've had on this show before. Um, it, it's similar in the mouthfeel and the taste and body of the beer. Um, I, the style is similar to stuff that we've had before, but just the, the flavor and the taste of the beer is quite different. I just find it very enjoyable. I would recommend it. And Honestly, sh- my burp tastes great, too. Oh, I haven't uh, checked my burp you yet. You have to check your burp. Yeah. It's important. Because it's like you're tasting it again but a different time it contributes to the overall rating of the beer quite significantly i feel like it should be a thing that's actually considered trying to get i'm trying to get a burp here yeah yeah yeah, i get it you don't need that intense of a burp hey when i want a burp i go big wow just like a little little burp Uh, yeah i'm having a real hard time uh, describing this but uh, citrusy, not overwhelmingly citrus. I would say the hops uh, and the bitterness is more present than the fruit is. I now understand why that review from Beginner was kind of like back and forth. Because mm-hmm. I feel like this is a beer that you do need to try multiple times to get a different um, outlook on the taste. Outright, I mm-hmm. like it. Like, straight out from the beginning, I think it's very enjoyable. But I think that maybe over time, like, if I came back and tried it again, I would probably like it and notice things differently about it. Mm-hmm. Like a good book. Sure. Or a film. Yeah. Notice different parts about it. I, I'm i trying to imagine what uh, foods would uh, pair with this. It said that his review said it was versatile and you could pair it with literally anything. But I feel like it would probably... Um, I don't think it would pair with everything. Well, he said he didn't uh, enjoy it with food, right? And then he did a second review and said that it was versatile with different foods. Okay. It's, uh, I'm almost done. Me too. With my glass. It's, it's tasty. It's just a good beer. It's lip smacking good. Yeah. Um. It's big juicy. It's, it's big juicy. Big time juicy. Uh, fruit, bitterness, uh, good blend of both. We didn't really go over the color. It's some more amber. Yeah. It's about it's about there. Yeah, it's about there. Yep, about as uh, amber as amber gets. Mm-hmm. 
I highly recommend it. It's great. It's a mellow beer. It's not too intense in flavor, but it's brewed well. So if you're not someone who likes like a wild beer that's like way too intense, uh, like with hop or with like the uh, yeast or whatever they're um, brewing with, this is a simple but enjoyable, well-brewed craft beer. Which I find it interesting. It makes me want to try their other beers because they say that they brew things uh, for people with a wonderlust palate. <clears throat> so their other ones must be very interesting. Yeah, from from what I imagine, just based on this one alone and the can art, I imagine that uh, they kind of you know they try some wacky stuff. Yeah, you know, kind of like um, dogfish. Yeah. yeah. This is the beer that Chelsea picked. Thanks, Chelsea. Yeah, I dig it. So the I uh, don't have a don't have a lot of information. So I'll just I'll run through this really quick. Well, give me that history. The Bacaneco. Yes. Meaning changed cat. Yes. Uh, literally, Bacque means uh, transform, yep. and Neko means cat. Transform cat is a type of Japanese yokai or supernatural creature. Damn it! I got photos. Damn it! I got photos an example of yokai mm-hmm. weirdly enough i know about yokai and then um you know you know what bakaneko is like i do yes yeah we, yep, both, we both did research bakaneko with napkin on head uh yokai meaning ghost phantom or strange apparition literally yo meaning attractive bewitching a calamity and kai meaning mysterious are a class of supernatural monsters and spirits in Japanese folklore, also referred to as Ayakashi, Mononoke, or Mamono. They range from being malevolent or mischievous entities believed to cause misfortune and harm to those who bring good fortune to those who encounter them. Mm-hmm. They can do one or the other. They often possess animal features, but may also appear humanoid in appearance. Some resemble inanimate objects, while others have no discernible shape. They're typically described as having spiritual or supernatural abilities, with shapeshifting being the most common trait associated with them. Mm-hmm. Yokai that shapeshift are known as bakemono or obake. As the name might suggest, bakeneko are shapeshifting cats. They're often confused with the nekomata, which is another cat-like yokai, but the main difference between the two is that the Nekomata has two tails, while the Bakaneko has only one. Here's a picture of a Nekomata. Mm. Uh, I only see one tail here, though. Maybe the other one's underneath the... Uh, a lot of the times there'll be like a tail garb. that's split. Yeah. The reason that cats are seen as yokai in Japanese mythology is attributed to many of their characteristics. For example... The irises of their eyes change shape depending on the time of day. Their fur can seem to cause sparks when they are petted due to static electricity. They sometimes lick blood. They can walk without making a sound. Me too. Their wild nature uh, that remains despite the gentleness they can show. They are difficult, difficult to control, unlike dogs. Their sharp claws and teeth, nocturnal habits, and their speed and agility. Mm. With great power comes great responsibility, Spider-Cat. Many other animals appear as yokai in old tales and display similar attributes, such as the deep tenacity of snakes or the ability of foxes, kitsune, yes. to shapeshift into women. Is it kitsune? I've always said kitsune. Kitsune. Huh. Kitsune. 
However, cats figure in a great number of tales and superstitions because they live with humans yet retain their wild essence and air of mystery. Ah, of course. One folk belief about the Bakaneko is that they lick lamp oil. In the Edo period, Encyclopedia Wakan Sansai Zue, it is said that a cat licking this oil is an omen of an impending strange event. People in the early modern period used cheap fish oils and lamps, e.g. sardine oil, that could explain cats wanting to lick them. Also, at that time, the Japanese diet was based on grains and vegetables, and while the leftovers were fed to the cats as carnivores, the cats would have lacked for protein and fat, and therefore been even more attracted to lamp oils. Moreover, the sight of a cat standing on its hind legs to reach a lamp, its face lit with anticipation, could have seemed eerie and unnatural, like a yokai. There are folk beliefs across Japan about aged cats turning into bakaneko. There are tales of cats that become bakaneko after being raised for 12 years in an Ibaraki prefecture and Nagano prefecture, and for 13 years in Kunigami district, Okinawa prefecture. In Yamagata district, Hiroshima prefecture, it is said that a cat raised for seven years or longer will kill the one that raised it. Oof. There are also many regions where, due to this superstition, people decided in advance for how many years they would raise a cat. Depending on the area, there are stories in which cats that were brutally killed by humans would become bakaneko and curse that human. I would curse that human too. Yeah, that human deserves to be cursed. Yeah, fuck you. Bakaneko stories are not only about aged cats, but also sometimes about revenge against cruel humans. Uh, plenty of those. I dig it. Oh, this is good beer. I'm glad you like it. I feel like every single beer I've picked out so far you've liked. I'm getting like some pineapple too now. Mm. Uh, almost like cream soda-ish. Yeah. yeah weird. I see that. But, uh, I, I'm getting some cream soda aftertaste. The abilities attributed to Bakaneko are various, including shape-shifting into humans, wearing a towel or napkin on the head and dancing, speaking human words, cursing humans, manipulating dead people, possessing humans, and lurking in the mountains and talking, sorry, taking wolves with them to attack, to attack travelers. Just hanging out with wolves. Yeah, why not? These are my wolf friends. My wolf boys. These are the wolf boys. Um... And then this is, uh, I think if you look up Bakaneko on Wikipedia, this is the uh, first the yes, photo at yeah, the top. Yeah, Bakaneko with, ca- uh, with, with napkin. With the napkin on the head. Yes. As an unusual example, on Aji Island, Oshika District, Miyagaki Prefecture, and in the Oki Islands, Shimane Prefecture, there is a story of a cat that shapeshifted into a human and wanted to engage in sumo. What? The legend that cats could speak may have arisen from misinterpreting the cat's meowing as human language. He just wanted to do sumo. For this reason, some would say that the cat is not a type of yokai. In 1992, in the Yomiuri uh, newspaper, there was an article that argued that when people thought they had, they had heard a cat speak, upon listening a second time, they realized that it was simply the cat's meowing, and that it was only a coincidence that it resembled a human word. Hmm. In the Edo period, 1603 to 1867, there was a folk belief that cats with long tails like snakes could bewitch people. Cats with long tails were disliked, and there was a custom of cutting their tails. It is speculated, don't do this. It is speculated that this is the reason that there are so many cats in Japan with short tails now. Don't Natural do selection this. having favored those with short tails. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just don't do it. 
Also, don't declaw your cats. It's mean. Don't Please do it. Please don't. That's like ripping their toes off. Don't do it. Folk beliefs that cats can cause strange phenomena are not limited to Japan. For example, in Jinhua uh, Zhejiang in China, it is said that a cat that had been raised by humans for three years would start bewitching them. Three years is the limit, apparently. Yes. Because cats with white tails are said to be especially good at this, refraining from raising them became customary. Since their ability to bewitch humans is said to come from taking in the spiritual energy of the moon, it is said that when a cat looks up at the moon, it should be killed on the spot. Also, don't do that. Hey, please don't kill cats. Whether its tail had been cut or not. Cats are so cute. Cats are great. Don't do that. There exist several landmarks around Japan that tell or represent stories and tales concerning Bakaneko and other cat yokai. Um, I didn't really cover them. I didn't know if you were going to cover them. But uh, there are different places, uh, like different shrines around Japan, different train stations um, that have... Um, what's the word? Not, not like hints, but have like... They sort of... Um, suggest the Bakaneko legends in their design, whether it's like a, an actual shrine or like this, this is a monument in uh, the entryway of a train station. Mm, looks like cat eyes. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So just a lot of little, little things scattered around Japan that kind of uh, point at Bakaneko. It's pretty neat. No, I didn't talk about that. Uh, fun fact, the popular good luck totem, the Maneki Neko, the beckoning cat found in shop front fronts is also a type of Bakaneko. Mm. Uh, I never knew the name for that thing. It's that little white uh, statue sometimes made out of porcelain or plastic. Um, and it has the arm sometimes that waves back and forth. If they're battery power, they have an arm that waves. Otherwise it's just like a paw up here. Mm-hmm. It's like a beckoning cat. It is a type of Bakaneko and it's supposed to be good luck. Apparently uh, I want one now. They're cute. My yeah. sister has one. I want to get one. I'll put it on my desk. Okay. Maybe bring it to work. Okay. That would be a great idea. Get a get a um, uh, maneki neko, and bring it to work next to my desk. That'd be amazing. Okay, do that. That's my section. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. I go into a couple things. There is a bakaneko legend that takes place in the time of uh, Nabashima Mitsuhige. Hige. 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 You're the one that took Japanese. I can't. I don't know what you're looking at. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Let me just summarize really quickly. Two people were playing a game of Go. Okay. Yeah. I, I still don't know how to play that game. I have no idea how to play that game. Uh, and displeased at this game of Go, Mitsuhigi uh, was put... Oh, he put his opponent, Ryozoji's mother, to the sword. Oh. So I'm guessing that means that she was killed. That's what I do when I lose a game. It puts your opponent's mother to the sword Hmm. uh, while recounting her sorrows to her. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Wow. What the fuck is wrong with me? What is wrong with you? I don't know. Ryo Ryo Zoji was put to the sword and Ryo Zoji's mother was uh, alive. There we go. Okay. Okay. Good. There we go. Mom is saved. Yeah, mom's my mom's fine. So Mitsuhigi put Ryozoji uh, to the sword because mm-hmm. he was displeased in their game of Go. Sure. And then Ryozoji's mother was recounting her sorrows to her cat and committed suicide. The cat licked her blood and became a bakaneko. It went into the castle and tormented Mitsuhigi every night until his 
loyal retainer, Komori, finally killed it and saved Mitsuhiki's family, or the Nabashima family. Hmm. Historically, the Ryozoji clan was older than the Nabashima clan. Uh, and after Ryo, uh, Ryozoji's death, his assistant held the real power. And after the sudden death of Takanobu's grandchild, Takafusa, his father, Masai, also committed suicide. Hmm. Afterwards, since the remnants of the Ryozoji clan created disturbances in the public order near the Saga Castle. Sega? Saga? Saga. Be Saga. Saga. Not Sega. No, not them. <laughs> in order to pacify the spirits of the Ryozoji, uh, they built ten, uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's ten UG, but it's now tef, uh, Tafus, T-A-F-U-S-E. Tafuse. Tafuse. Is it always like a hard E? Uh, well, the, the syllables are broken up into, they're usually like two letters, like ta and then fu. And, and then it's say. Okay. So it's, yeah, you're not reading it like an English word. You're reading it in, into different in parts. The, in the syllables of Japanese. Okay. Anyways, this uh, this castle that was built has been considered the origin of the disturbances, and it is thought that the Bakaneko was an expression of the Ryozoji's grudge in the form of a cat. Hmm. One famous Bakaneko story is about a man named uh, Takasu Genbei, whose mother's personality changed completely after his pet cat went missing for many years. His mother avoided the company of friends and family and would take her meals alone in her room. When the family peeked in on her, they saw a cat-like monster in the mother's clothes, chewing on animal carcasses. Mm. Takasu, still skeptical, slew what looked like his mother, and after one day, his mother's body turned back into his pet cat that had been missing. Uh. He then uh, tore up the floorboards of his mother's room to find her skeleton hidden there, her bones gnawed clean of all flesh. Oh my gosh. It's a crazy cat. He's got a lot going on. Hiding the mom in the floorboards. He's got some issues. Chewing off the flesh. Mm -hmm. But that's what I I I do when when my cat goes missing. Yeah. I just seclude myself and don't talk to anyone. Yeah, that's it. That's my section. That's it? No. That was scary. That was loud in my ears. <laughs> that was the loudest you've been all episode. <laughs> I'm not a loud person. Uh, anyways, so Bakanego, uh, otherwise known as monster cat, ghost cat, they typically live in towns and cities. Their diet consists of fish, birds, small animals, and occasionally humans. So they are typically carnivorous. Mm-hmm. They uh, Did you go over appearance? I don't think you went over appearance, right? General appearance? No, actually, I didn't. Uh, just the the one tail versus two thing. Yeah, and then the so, napkin. So <laughs> uh, they typically look like cats, feral and domestic, and they are all over Japan. They are in houses as pets, on farms as exterminators, or in cities and towns as strays. Like hmm. many of Japan's animals, when cats live to an old age, they develop supernatural powers and transform into yokai. Bakuneko begin their supernatural life looking almost identical to an ordinary house cat. Soon they begin to walk on their hind legs as they age and their powers increase. They can grow large indeed up to the size of a full-grown human. Uh, you went over their shape-shifting abilities and their ability to disguise themselves as smaller cats or humans, sometimes taking the shape of their own masters. They learn to speak human languages while in disguise, and they are known to dress up as humans, like you said, with towels around their heads. Right. In this form, they like to dance around merrily. Right. Good times. Mm -hmm. While this sounds frivolous and even cute, they are a menace to any house they live in or near. 
They can eat things that are much bigger than they are. Like me? Yeah. And even can consume poisonous things without difficulty. Uh, so they commonly eat their own master and then assume their form, living in their place, like we saw in the legend. Um, they can also summon ghostly fireballs and are known to accidentally start house fires. Whoops. Oopsies. Their tails acting like torches, igniting any flammable materials in the house. And then you said that they also have the ability to reanimate uh, fresh corpses. Mm. Good times. Maybe that's what happened at that, uh, there was a, a house fire. Like just north of here in St. Yeah. Charles, and they had cats in the house. And I'm thinking maybe one of them was a, a Bacaneco. Bacaneco. Oh, I wanted to go over the Necomata. Uh-huh. Uh, they're basically powered up Bacaneco. So they begin in a similar way to Bacaneco. They're a domestic cat standing on its hind legs. However, Necomata are the largest and oldest cats and have longer tails than the Bacaneco. They're said to have the two identical tails after they change, and that's enabling them to create double the trouble. Mm, of course. Which, cute. I don't know about you, but I don't think I could take a Bakuneko or a Nikomata Nekomata seriously. They sound like little cat gremlins. Which I love. Yeah. That's but cute. I mean, then they'd start start uh, starting fires in the house and yeah. eating you. So that yeah, wouldn't be that's true. funny. They don't always eat you. It is believed that more Nekomata can speak human languages than the Bakaneko, and that they use this ability to create extra havoc in human lives. While legends so show that not all Bakaneko are nefarious, all Nekomata are thought to be. The Nekomata are said to find great pleasure in creating chaos and are thought to be responsible for large fires and blackmailing or enslaving humans. Yes. What's a cat got to do to blackmail something? I feel like you're doing my section now. <laughs> I just went over Nekomata. No, I mean, like, not the stuff I covered, but... Oh, just with Nekomata? Like I just wanted to go over Nekomata. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I can stop. Yeah, I didn't touch on them. Well, Was I mean, it hard to find uh, stories? Yes. Yeah, I imagine with something so niche. Maybe if we lived in Japan... It'd be easier. Yeah, we, <laughs> we could, like, ask, ask a local or a neighbor. An auntie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I tell you that I watched <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle? I don't know what that is. No? Oh, my God. Please watch it. It was the funniest movie. It oh, is, it's a movie. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, You've seen Kung Pao, right? No. You haven't seen Kung Pao Enter the Fist? Mm-mm. That was uh, when I was saying, um, Chosen One! What? I'm coming! Chosen One! And then, wee, 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 wee! <laughs> I have no idea. It's from, uh, <laughs> it's from Kung Pao. Uh, one of those famous Japanese legends is about the Bakaneku prostitutes of, uh, is it Edo? Uh, yeah, Edo or Edo. I don't know. It's one, I think it's Anyways, Edo. the former name of Tokyo. Edo, yeah. Uh, there are many of these stories, but all share a common thread. Often the client of the prostitute falls asleep only to awaken to see the beautiful woman picking at fish bones or other seafood while she has a head of a cat or shadow hmm. of a cat. Other versions have the ha- the cat shadow appear when the man sees a beautiful prostitute casting the shadow as she approaches him on the streets. Regardless of the beginning, the legend continues with the man being terrified that he is in the presence of a bakaneko and escaping if possible. Sometimes the stories go further as the bakaneko pounces on her victim and kills him. The mysterious bakaneko prostitutes apparently roses an urban legend from the case of a bakaneko that was supposedly working as a meshimori, meshimori, meshimori. 
don't know how it's spelled, but sounds right. Anyways, a type of low rent waitress made prostitute. Hmm. Uh, at the Isle Inn in the Shinagawa Juku area of Edo, one of the 53 stations of the Takedo Sea Highway in the late 1700s. Hmm. I don't know about I don't know about my ability to pronounce Japanese words. There is a belief that the Bakuneko prostitute image began as it was not acceptable for prostitutes to eat in front of their customers, so they hunched over their stolen hmm. meals as the client slept. <laughs> oh gosh. When the man awoke, he may have seen her in a distorted way, especially after the night of, after the night of drinking. Perhaps unexpectedly, the fad of cat girls remains prominent in modern Japanese uh, manga, anime, and video games today mm-hmm. because of this. Oh. I just like <laughs> the pictures of Bakuneko prostitute eating. <laughs> there's, there's her guy. He's just like, what are you doing? Maybe it was just like, um, you know, those tales that get told over many generations. Sure. Details get you know, skewed and, yeah. you know, things changed. So it probably evolved to what it is now. Much like um, like our Jersey Devil story, you know. Yeah. Um, I imagine the, the tale may have not initially began as I saw this cat demon mm-hmm. slouched over my food after I woke up, but uh, maybe turned into that over time, you know, kind of like a game of telephone. Sure. Kind of deal. Uh, this is a story about Nikomata just because I have... I didn't find that many about Bakaneko. It involves the changing cat, which is, again, similar to the Bakaneko anyways. Right. Uh, A prince, a geisha, and a soldier. The story begins with the Nekomata watching the favorite geisha return to her room after a night with the prince. It waited until she was asleep, then crept in, pounced on the sleeping geisha, and strangled her. The cat then dragged the body outside where it buried the unfortunate woman under woman under some flowers. Following the murder, the Nekamata transformed into the geisha's form. Each night, the Nekamata went to visit the prince, just as the geisha had before it. However, when the prince fell asleep, the Nekamata would drink his blood. These encounters led the, poli- uh, the police, the prince, to complain of horrible dreams as he gradually became weaker and weaker. No doctors were able to identify the prince's ailment, so they ordered soldiers to watch the prince around the clock. Oddly enough, around midnight every night, the soldiers became uncontrollably weary and fell asleep, leaving the opportunity for the Nikomata to continue its visits. But one night, things changed. A young soldier came to the castle to offer to help the prince. The soldier purified himself in the fountain and prayed to an icon of Buddha for several hours. A Buddhist priest saw the young man's dedication and asked if he would like to watch over the prince at night. (laughs) He then warned the soldier that there was a problem, as all the, old, uh, all the soldiers fell asleep around midnight. The soldier accepted the offer and told the priest not to worry. He knew a surefire way to stay awake. Close to midnight that night, without fail, the soldiers began to nod off one by one. Even the young soldier stifled a yawn. But then he drew his knife and stabbed himself in the leg. As one does. It's a good way to stay awake. Each time he began to grow weary, he turned the blade and became alert. So he just kept stabbing himself. With the arrival of midnight came the beautiful geisha. That's how I stay awake at work. Me too. (laughs) She slid open the door and crept towards the sleeping prince's bed. The young soldier stood up and raised his knife. The geisha flashed her yellow eyes at the soldier, then left as quietly as she entered. The same thing happened for the next four nights. 
The soldier was certain the geisha with yellow eyes was at fault for the prince's illness and tried to warn him. But even as his health returned, the prince refused to hear the soldier's complaints against his favorite lover. Thus, the young soldier made a plan to kill the suspicious geisha himself. Hmm. The young soldier met the geisha one night at her room with eight of his companions hiding behind him, which I'm just imagining. Like, he's standing there, and there's, like, eight dudes behind him, and they're just like, the cat, the nickel is just like, what's going on back there? And he's like, nothing. Look over this way. When she answered her door, the soldier saw her yellow eyes flash again. He handed her a folded piece of paper and asked her to read it. Then, with the geisha's attention preoccupied, he pulled out his knife and tried to stab her. The geisha fought back, and the rest of the soldiers advanced. In an instant, the nekomata turned into its cat form and sprang away from its attackers. It then raced off into the night. The next day, the soldier told the prince of the, pre uh, the previous night's events, and a search began for the real geisha's body. When it was discovered by the gardener, the prince was beyond comfort and ordered his soldiers to find and kill the nekomata that took his beloved's life. The young soldier found the nekomata and enacted the prince's revenge. The myths of the Bakaneko show that not all of the creatures are created equal. There are also short stories that involve uh, Bakuneko helping individuals that cared for them when they were regular cats. Normally, these stories involve one person, a maid or a gardener, being kind to a cat while another person with more authority, i.e. the mistress of the house or grandfather, is cruel. Mm. In these stories, the cat eventually becomes a Bakuneko and by chance meets with its benefactor. The benefactor of the story is often seen seeking shelter in the house on a mountain or an island where the Nikomato or Nikomato or Bakuneko tend to live. Uh, when the Bakaneko sees its old friend, it warns him or her that they must leave because the person has stumbled upon a place where the cats gather. The cats gather. I want to go there. The Bakaneko also sometimes identify itself as it provides the individual with a token that will help in its escape. If by chance the person who maltreated the cat also appears in the Bakaneko's future, he or she will be killed by the Bakaneko as revenge. Undoubtedly, the message is... Take care of your pets. Please. Don't cut their tails. Please. Don't kill them if they look at the moon. Uh, despite the terrifying legends of the Bakaneko and Nikomata, Nekomata, cats are not hated across Japan. Mm -hmm. They have played an important part in Japanese culture in many ways. Yep. Like the good luck fortune cat that, you know, with the beckoning paw. Hello Kitty. There's a few shrines. There's a few. Quite a few. There's like Cat Island, too. Yeah, Owl, Owl Awash Island. Awashima. Awashima. Yeah, I want to go there. I want to go to Cat Island. Everyone wants to go to Cat Island. Or Fox Island. I think they have a dog island. They got a lot of islands. It's Japan. It's Deer Island. Mostly islands. But you can take a um, you can take a Google Street View tour. Of Cat Island? Of Owl Island, yeah. And there are a lot of cats. <laughs> yeah. How many? Um... Cats outnumber humans uh, anywhere from 6 to 1 in, or 10 to 1. Damn. This also says, but as elderly inhabitants of the island have died, the ratio has greatly increased to almost 36 to 1. They're turning into cats. The, uh, yeah. Bakaneko on the island. There are a lot of cats on this island. I want to hang out with these cats. What are you, what are you looking at cat pics for? I'm looking at uh, our island. That's a lot of cats. That's a lot of cats. Zachary. Zachary. Paige. What did you think of the beer? Thought it was good. Yeah? Yeah. Thought it was good? <laughs> thought it was good, say. I thought it was enjoyable. It's not bad. 
Yeah, fruity, hoppy, um, but not like... It was mellow. Not like a lot of the fruity, hoppy beers we've had before. <laughs> fruity and hoppy, but not like those other fruity and hoppy beers. No, it's different. I, um, I don't think that the fruit was like the main, um, you know, focus. It's got a weird mix of both. Yeah. I, re- I really have a hard... Almost done with my second beer. and I'm still having a really hard time describing. All I know is that it was smooth, it was enjoyable, it was very easy to drink, and I drank it very quickly, meaning that it was very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. That's how I gauge it, though, because, you know, if I have a beer that takes me a while to, like, drink it, it's usually because I'm having a hard time enjoying the flavor of it. Yeah. But when you find a beer that you're just like, holy shit, this is so good. Yeah, you can keep taking sips of it. You keep going because you're trying to figure out what your flavor profile is that you're experiencing. Flavor profile. That's what it is. The flavor profile. Hashtag flavor profile. Hashtag flavor profile. Um... Uh, yeah, I'm getting, I don't know, second beer, getting some cream soda vibes. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got some weird, weird stuff going on with it. It's got some stuff going on. But I like it. I like you. Oh. BFF right there. BFFFL. Best friend for life? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was really well brewed. Good job to Winer Brew. I would really like to try more of what they got. They're in Chicago? Yep. It says in the backyard suburbs. Do they? Oh, the backyard? Yeah. yeah. Do they have, um, they have like a restaurant or brew pub attached? I don't think it's an actual tap room. I think it's literally just a brewery from what I saw. Winer Beer. Oh, there it is. I just didn't read anything about a tap room. Oh, they've got tables. Okay. It looks cool. looks yeah. uh, industrial. It does. Like you're eating on the floor of the... These guys look so happy. Are they... Uh... They're cute. No, I don't think they're a couple. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going here. Yeah. Save. Steve. Want to go. Alrighty. Well, that is episode 26, Beer and Fearcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, beer suggestions, or if you want to ask me out on a date. Kisses. Concerns. Yeah, questions, comments, concerns, ideas. Who would be concerned? Are you concerned for my safety? You should be. Zach is dangerous. Who is concerned? I'm pretty sure he's a bacaneco. Um, I've seen him eat his food in a corner, hoveled over like a cat prostitute. Yep. I know. I know what he is. That's what I went as Halloween last year. Cat prostitute. I was a cat prostitute. Oh, no. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. I have some new animal pictures I'll be posting shortly. Good. Um, About damn time. We post pictures of our beer and tag the brewery so you can follow them, check them out. Um, and then our new episodes we post on the other platforms as well. If you want to follow us and stay up to date with what we got. Exactly. Anything else, sir? I just got to pee. <laughs> Please stop chewing pumpkin seeds. No, that's it. Okay. Have a... Have a have a good day <laughs> your face is scary your face is scary that face don't make that face again scary face that's gonna be my dreams have a good day <laughs>